This is really the commission that Jesus gives to the disciples. We'll, we'll bring that full circle here in just a moment. Well, let me read this passage. Matthew 28. Starting verse 18. It says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And in a time of Jesus, there were uh, rabbis. And I, I've mentioned this before, so I'm not going to go into it very thoroughly. But um, a rabbi was a teacher. Uh, when, when little young boys, especially, they would, they would come to, uh, you know, to the age of uh, about puberty, you know, 12, 13, um, it would be decided for them whether they were going to go learn a trade or whether they were going to go into Jewish school and learn to be, uh, really to learn Torah. And uh, they'd learn Torah for, Torah meaning the law, they learned the law a whole lot going up to the age of about 12. But uh, they would, they would be, they'd be quizzed. And this would be the type thing they would, they would ask. They'd say, okay, quote Deuteronomy. Anybody want to start? They start quoting, right? Start, right? Very, very good, very good, very good. Now then, how many birds are mentioned in the book of Exodus? I don't, I don't know. You, you, you've studied Torah, you've done a very good job, but go learn a trade like your father. You're not qualified to go to the next step. If you take even in further steps, so you, you, you see the, the, the process of becoming a disciple, okay? To, to go to become a rabbi, you had to know, you had to know the first five books of the Bible, word for word for word for word for word. You had to be able to quote them all the way through without a mistake. To become a rabbi, you even go further than that. Then there were rabbis with what they called shniha, authority. These were rabbis that actually took disciples on. They would, they would, and these rabbis with the authority, they they could do stuff like they would say, "It was, it is written that you should love your neighbor, but I tell you, you should love your enemy too. It is written that you should not commit adultery, but I tell you." Sound very familiar? These rabbis with, with, with authority, they actually, uh, there was only um, a few of those rec recorded. In fact, I've got it written here. Um, so uh, only one out of a thousand um, would get to, uh, to this point. Um, 
the ones with authority were very, very few and far between. But if you, if you want to think about these guys, these were the rock stars of the time in Israel. Okay? You know, if, if, uh, if let's say Tom Brady came along and he said, hey, Joe, I want to teach you how to play football. I would you hang with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week? I want you to hang with me. I'm going to show you exactly what I eat. I'm going to, you can train with me. You can, you can, uh, you're going to, you're going to be, you know, my, my, my personal chef is going to make you the same food that I eat. You're going to do the same things. I'm going to teach you everything I know about throwing a football and about reading defenses. And or Nolan Ryan comes along and says, hey, you know what? I want you to, I'm going to show you everything that I know about throwing a baseball. Maybe, maybe you like, maybe you like music, you know, you know, Eric Clapton or something comes along. I'm going to teach you everything I know about music. Would you come and hang with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week? I want you to see where I sleep. I want you to see where I eat. I want you to, I want you to feel my, my piano or my guitar. You know, I, w- I, want you to, I want you to actually touch my microphone and sing into that. I want you to put on my headphones. Right, and you go, man, I'm good. No, you go, yeah, please. Those were the rabbis of the day. Those were the rock stars. I don't know if even today they have, ba- they have like, you know, we have baseball cards, they have rabbi cards. I'm, s- I'm not kidding. Okay? They, I mean, these, these, guys, they, they, these guys are popular dudes, Right? And Jesus comes and says, he gives one command here. Disciple the nations. The command is disciple the nations. What does that mean? It it means I want you to make the nations look just like me. That was that was a, a disciple, a, a disciple of a rabbi was, I want to come. And, and sit at the rabbi's feet so I can be just like him. I want to be just like him. And Jesus said, go and disciple the nations. The one command, disciple the nations. Change the world. Change the world. Talk about the gospel, right? The gospel is is uh, we, we listed the five things that, that are they're not on the board now. Can anybody name them? Okay. King, kingdom, judgment, the cross, power, and going. Right? How do we change the world? Well, the gospel, but I'm going to show you what Jesus says here in Matthew 28. Because this, this command, th- think about the world as we, as we know it right now. Think about the United States. You don't have to go any further than our backyard, right? Does it look like a disciple of Christ? Carolyn was just in Mexico. What do you think about Mexico? 
Does it look like a, a, a nation that's a disciple of Jesus? Let's think about China. Does China look like a nation that's a disciple of Christ? Not that there's not disciples in those countries. There's, di there's disciples in the United States. There's disciples in Mexico. There's disciples in China. But does the country look that way? No. We've got a big job to do to change the world. How do we, how do we change the world? Jesus, the first thing he says is going. And really, w the idea here is, like I said, is w there's one command to disciple, right? That's, that's the command. The, then you've got three participles, right? It's, it's basically as you go. As you go. As you go. Wherever you're going, while you're going, disciple. Wherever you're going, while you're going, Disciple. Some of, some, of, some of us, some people, will literally, they need to go somewhere else. Kaylin, I want to go to Mexico. Some people need to, to hop on a plane, get a one-way ticket somewhere and go and, and be in India or be in Sri Lanka or be in Nigeria or be in Uganda or be in South, America, South Africa, Peru, Brazil, Cuba, some people, they need to literally, they need to get there. Anymore today, mission, uh, missiologists, mission-minded people, they will say, we've reached a stage where it's instead of, it used to be from like the West, so from the United States, from Britain, from, from, the, from Europe to other areas of the world, now it's from everywhere to everywhere. From everywhere to everywhere, you're gonna you're gonna see that firsthand uh, here in a couple months. Um, uh, Hunsi is a missionary from South Africa to the United States. It was fun when I took a missions class. I, I'd say, you know what? I know somebody that's done that personally. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. This is this is who it is. This is this is his experience. From everywhere to everywhere, we need to go. But a lot of us, it's not about going to another location. It's about as you go. Where do you go on a daily basis? Some of you, it's going to work. Some of you, it's going to school. Some of you, it's, it's going to uh, the store. Some of you, it's being involved in community uh, stuff. It, it, you know, whether that's community activities or, or different civil organizations or as you go, disciple. Teach the people. Be, be one of those disciple-making people. When we were in Oklahoma, there was the church we were at for a while, um, they had a, uh, I think I mentioned it in here before, uh, I know I mentioned it to people, they, they had a, a training school, right? And the training school was a lot... Um, you know how to how to be a better Christian, how to be in leadership in the church. Um, a lot of the some of the people who went through the training school went into uh, to missions. Some of them went into planted churches. Some of them became um, uh, staff members at the church uh, or life group 
leaders or, or what whatnot. But in the school, they had a one of the requirements that they had was you're supposed to share your faith three times a week. You had to share your faith three times a week. So you had to find new people. I mean, you couldn't go home every, you know, and, and talk to your spouse three times a week and, and, and share the, with your faith with them. You had to go out. You had to find a way, you know, are you going to go share with people in the park? Are you going to share with people at McDonald's? Are you going to share with people at Walmart? Are you going to share with people at work? Are you going to share with people? At, you know, you may, you may go to school, but you sit next to the same person every single day. You can't pick the same person three times a week. As you go, as you go, disciple the nations. We have to, we have to share the gospel as we go. Where, wherever your going is, Okay, I know some people will, will literally go, but that's not for everybody. But all of us go somewhere. As we go, we need to be we need to be on mission each and every day. On mission. It we needs to be in, intentional. Okay? Intentionally looking for people to share the gospel with. Intentionally believing that God's going to bring somebody to us that we can share with. That we're looking for that each and every day. You know what? Some days it won't be there, and that's okay. But if you're looking, I guarantee you the Lord will bring somebody along. And maybe it's just a word. Maybe it's just, hey, Jesus loves you. Or, hey, I've been praying for you. Or, hey, there's, uh, there's hope in this world. And let, me, let me tell you, don't give up hope. Maybe it's just giving that little word. Maybe it's a seed. Maybe it's the whole package. Let's be intentional about sharing our faith each and every day. Secondly, so it says, um, let me read it again. Go, therefore, make disciples of the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Baptizing who? The nations, right? What, what, what would it look like? This is a great picture. What would it look like if all the nations got baptized at once? Noah, right? about it this is what God wants here okay the flood wasn't just a happening so that we can find fish bones on top of mountains all right God was saying something he wants to baptize the world again but not in a water of judgment right he wants to baptize the world again in the water of his holy spirit so that it fully covers all the world. Baptize the nations. How does that happen? When we're talking about baptism here, I, I, I believe that, that 
he, he did this for a, um, several reasons. One was to, to bring in the, the idea of water, the idea of the Holy Spirit. Baptism also, um, we need to know that baptism is about our salvation. Okay, this is a way of talking about salvation. Right? It, when, when Jesus died, it, the, the scripture talks of it, that he had a baptism to undergo. Right? Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan. So it says he had a baptism to undergo, which was talking about what? His, his death, the death on the cross, his burial. He, he, he really, really died. He didn't just feign death, right? Death, burial, and his resurrection. If Jesus had a baptism that involved death, burial, and resurrection, so do we. Except where Jesus was alive, we started out dead. Because <laughs> we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Right? But we accept Jesus. We say, okay, I know that I should be on that cross. But Jesus, you were on the cross for me instead. Would, can, we trade pla- you know, can, can we trade places here? All of your righteousness for all of my sin? That sin and death died And what came back to life is the life of Christ. That's that's when we we get baptized. That's what it's all about. It's it's a representation of you're dying to your sin, right? Being raised just like Jesus to newness of life. And the Holy Spirit descending and filling us with spirit. Baptism. This is what this is what Jesus is talking about. As we go, okay, there's number one. As you go, share. What do you share? The gospel. Share the life of Christ. I like what what uh, Kaylin was saying about the the young girl that she shared her story, and it made all the difference. Share your story. I was dead, but Jesus came, and now I'm different. I was dead, but Jesus came, and now I'm different. Baptism. So going, baptizing, teaching. Remember, we we become disciples. We change the world by teaching. Verse 20 says, Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I mean, can I I give you an an over-the-top challenge? Right? So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, this is over-the-top. Right, but this is from a Jewish theologian, not a Christian. This is someone who 
and, and it's, it's fairly recent. I believe he died in uh, 2000, named David Flusser. He's a, he's a Jewish theologian who studied Christ, studied Jesus. He said this, Christian calls them, call, Christians call themselves disciples of Jesus. Any Christian that calls themselves a disciple of Jesus and, did, and does not read all four Gospels at least once a week is a liar. Now, like I said, that's an over-the-top challenge. I don't expect anybody to read all four Gospels uh, once a week. But this is someone who knew what discipleship was all about. Being a Jewish theologian, he knew what a disciple was. He knew that a disciple was learning everything that that master, that rabbi, taught them. Taking it to heart, taking it to mind, putting it into practice, studying at the feet, listening to every word, memorizing those words. Remember I started with these, these young boys became disciples of these of these rabbis and they, they they learned the first five books of the Bible word for word for word for word for word to quote them word after word after word after word and what David Flusser is saying is basically you Christians you don't take it seriously You're not getting the words of Jesus. All of them. Everything that we have recorded. At least once a week. You're really not a disciple. Again, that's hard. Okay? That's not my words. Those are his words. All right? But they should come as an encouragement to us to be committed. And to, if we're going to be a disciple of our rabbi, going to be a disciple of Jesus, let's be committed to his teachings. Which means let's, let's get it in our hearts. Let's get it in our heads. Let's know what it is. Let's know, let's know exactly what it says. And let's put it into practice so that we know that we know that we know that we know exactly what Jesus said that, that if we had a thought in our mind we will know that it's is it a Jesus thought or is it not a Jesus thought now I, I, I let me give you an example I, I've heard this um, and I've actually seen this in practice too I've heard that um, that in the FBI or these different agencies where they um, are being taught to find counterfeit bills, you know, counterfeit $100 bills and $50 bills, and they don't show them all the counterfeits. They show them the real thing. They say, study the real thing. And then when you see something different, you'll know it's a counterfeit. I, um, I cashiered for several years, and I handled so many bills saw them day in, day out, and I saw there was a few counterfeits that came through. And I could, I could catch them. I could pick them out because I saw the, the real ones 
And there, there's several different varieties. There's several, several different varieties of $100 bills or $20 bills. But I remember one came through, and uh, I think it was a, a $10 bill, but it, it actually was a, had, had been like a $1 or a $5 bill before. And I looked at it, I was like, this isn't, this isn't right. How did I know? Because I had seen them day after day after day after day after day. And when the, when the oddball came through, I went, this is wrong. Do you know enough of Jesus' words? Do you know enough of his voice that when something different comes in, you'll say, that's not right? Or do you just have to scratch your head? To be a disciple of Christ, to be his disciple, we have to know him, to know his words, to know how he acts, to know what is he going to do in this situation. If this thing, if this pops up, what's he going to do? If, if somebody's somebody's sitting there and they have this situation, how is Jesus going to act? Is he going to go over and put their, his hands on them? Is he going to spit on the ground and wipe his wipe wipe mud in their eyes? Is he going to is he going to shed tears? Or is he going to say nobody puts their hand to the plow and turns back? What's Jesus going to do? Do you know? Or do you have to scratch your head? Teaching them to do all that I have commanded you. It's our job to go out and to change the world. Jesus gave us this commission. When he says disciple the nations, which really is change the world. He's given us authority. He's given us power. He's given us his name. He's given us the gospel. He's given us all of these tools. With great power comes great responsibility and a great commission. Go into all the world. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do all that I've commanded you. Let me share this one thing I um, neglected to share earlier. In Matthew 18, um, let me just... Uh, you the story. Make sure I got the right verse here. I'm sorry, Matthew eight. Matthew eight eight eighteen instead of eighteen. Matthew eight eighteen and following. This is where Jesus um, gets into the boat with the disciples, right? This is in, he goes across the Sea of Galilee, right? Matthew 28, he's in Gal- he's, Jesus meets him in Galilee, right? He goes across the Sea of Galilee. P- people see this as a representation of the church going out. He's going, he's go- uh, the Sea and Galilee both oftentimes represent the Gentiles 
So Jesus goes out, and all of a sudden, the storm comes up. I see Matthew 8 and Matthew 28, right, coinciding with each other. A storm comes up. Where's Jesus? He's with the disciples, right? He's in the boat. What's he doing? He's sleeping. But he's with them, right? Is he someplace? That he, he's not on the shore. He's not, he's not, he didn't say, hey, I'm going to meet you over there. This time he's not walking on the water. Where is he? He's, he's with the disciples. And all of a sudden, a storm comes up. And he's Susie. At least the disciples think he's Susie. Personally, and this isn't in scripture, but personally, I think he's got one eye open. Just seeing what they're going to do. And they're freaking out. D don't you care, Lord? We're about to die. This storm comes up. The, the word there for, for storm is actually like an earthquake. I don't know if it's an actual earthquake or if, it, if it's a storm, but there's wind and there's waves, and, and they, they're in a small boat and probably can't swim. Don't you care? We're going to die. We're not going to make it across to the other side like you told us we're going to. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Don't you care? Jesus gets up and says, what, what, does, he, what does he tell him? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Why did he say that? He calms the storm. The, 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 I, I don't think the, the whole point was about the storm. The storm was an effect. The point was Jesus told them they were going to go to the other side. If Jesus said they were going to get there, they were going to get there. How many times do we look at Matthew 28 and say, disciple the nations. And we say, we'll never get there. It's too hard. It's too big. Have you looked at Putin? Have you looked at, have you looked at the, the government of China? Somebody that one of our girls knows from school is from there, and they, they got raided recently. Their Bible study got raided from the government from China. Have you looked at these winds and rains and storms of life? Have you said, there is no way we can get there? And I think Jesus is, he says, remember, behold, I'm with you always. He's sitting in the boat saying, why do you doubt? You have little faith. You know what? There was a time that I believe people would have said that about where we live. There's just no way. There's just no way. You know, I'm ready to wake Jesus up. Calm the storm. Let's take, let's get there. I'm not going to die in a minute. Let's see the revival. Let's see the awakening. Let's see this place discipled for Jesus. We're going to get there. Jesus is with us and we're going to get there.
it takes the faith to make sure that we don't quit. And he's gracious, right? The disciples, they'd had to wake him up. He scolded them. I'm fine taking the scolding. Let's just get to the other side, right? But I'd rather be in the faith and say, okay, we'll get, whether it comes or not, Jesus is with us, and we're going to get there. So here's what I want to ask of you all today as we pray here in just a moment is a, a couple of things. Number one, I want you all to ask where you're supposed to go. He says, as you go, where is your going? Is it your family? Is it school? Is it maybe, maybe, maybe the Lord puts you a place in your heart like a country? Maybe it's a town. Maybe it's a state. <clears throat> maybe it's your work. Maybe you say, my mission field is my workplace. <clears throat> maybe your mission field, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe your, your mission field is uh, like like John and Ruth, uh, we're gonna we're gonna um, work with international students. Maybe your mission field is, is Eastern. Where's your mission field? What's Jesus gonna tell you? Is it a civic organization you're in? Is it is it um, a workplace? Is it where is your mission field? Number two, how committed are you? How committed are you? And number three, where's your faith? Where are you going? <clears throat> how committed are you? And where's your faith? So, Let's pray together. And I'm just going to ask the Lord, if you would pray, pray through those things with me. All right? And then I want us to pray that, <clears throat> that whatever mission field it is that the Lord is, sent, is sending every one of us to. Because each one of us has a mission. Each one of us has a place that he's sending us. Whatever it is that we will see his kingdom come right there. <clears throat> Lord, thank you so much for calling us to be your kids. Lord, I pray for each person in here right now. Lord, I pray that you'll show everyone here where their mission field is. We are all missionaries sent out from you to to be a missionary someplace else. It may be close to home, it may be far away from home, but we're all missionaries to not keep the gospel to, our, to ourselves, but to give it out. Would you show us all? <clears throat> Lord, show us where that is. Show us where we need to go. Show us the people we need to talk to talk to show us the people we need to pray with show us the people we need to share the, the gospel with 
to pray for each person here too that <clears throat> that you will help us to be to all be fully committed sold out nothing in between nothing nothing less Lord that on our on, on our day that we close our eyes on this side and we open our eyes on the other side that we can say we left it all on the field. Everything that held my, all the energy I had, all the, all, everything that I had, I gave to the kingdom. Lord, if there's anything we need to give up, if there's any way we need to be more committed, would you show us? Show us in your grace, in your love, in your mercy. Lord, I pray that for each one of us that you'll give us the faith to get there. And the Lord, if, if we don't have the faith, that we'll go ahead and wake Jesus up <laughs> and say, Lord, help. I know we're supposed to be there. Would you get us there? Would you calm the storm? Lord, I'm praying for the faith to get there. Because Jesus is right here with us, and he's going to make sure we get to the point that all the nations are discipled. Lord, I'm praying for this area here. I'm praying for Willimantic. I'm praying for for the the Wyndhams, Lord, that this place will be a fully discipled um, beachhead in Connecticut. In Connecticut. That this town hall will be a beachhead for the kingdom of God right here in Connecticut. Lord, that this town that, that many people gave up on years ago will be a beachhead for the kingdom of God. That people from all over will say, if it can happen in Willimantic, it can happen anywhere. Let it be, Lord, that, that your revival and the, the awakening that you want to have, let it start right here. Lord, let it start right now. You've said this place would be covered with the water of your spirit. Lord, let it start now. In the name of Jesus, I bless each person here, their family. Those who aren't with us this morning, I bless them with your peace. I bless them with your love, with your protection. I release over them all the goodness and grace to be able to fulfill their destiny for the kingdom of God. Everything that they need in life to fulfill their destiny, I release it to them right now. 